Michaela, welcome to the 78 Amped podcast. How are you, first of all? I'm good, just chilling at home. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Um, the way we like to start things off on the show is, is take a bit of a dive into our guest Spotify or Apple Music and, and get an idea of what's been spinning on your playlist. Ooh. Okay, let me have a look. I'm at my laptop now. Go for it. So let's go recently played. Well, Hailstorm just released like a reimagined EP, I think it is. But one of the songs is like a song from the, like, a couple albums back with Amy Lee featuring on it. So I was just listening to that. Okay, a bit of nostalgia with some Evanescence. Yep, that. Um, the new Hockey Dad album I was listening to today. Yep. Um, and New Movements is also on here. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting one, that one, actually. It's, um, it's not what I expected. It's not what you expected? No. Neither. I was, we were chatting about it. It was on our, like, our hot singles playlist, and I was chatting about it. It's, um, yeah, definitely a curb, like a curveball. I think I was, I think when you think of a first single for an album, you expect something that's going to be really, like, upbeat and, like, really, like, in your face and this just like was a nice like movement song mm, absolutely i mean it's no, great mm, no complaints that's for sure but no that's all right it's a um it's a good little spread there but um let's talk about you guys and, and yours truly the the band has been going from strength to strength this year and the yours truly name is quite literally everywhere and i want to go back a week or two ago to the like a version you guys did uh, where you covered Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis, but what made you want to go for a bit of uh, Gallagher nostalgia? Um, well, we got told we were going to do it. We're like, okay, we have to do something that's iconic and we have to pick an iconic artist and the first, like one of the first artists we thought of was Oasis. So that's kind of, that's kind of how that happened. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why we decided to do it. Lots of people were like, he shouldn't have touched a classic, but... We did, and we can't go back. It's there, but no, um, yeah, we just we wanted to do something that was iconic that we could change into like our own style and try to do it justice. Mm. Do you? I mean, as a as an artist that's now been on the like a version, do you venture into the comments and see how people like it, or do you try and shy away from it so you don't get those, you know, those Sultana poster groups saying, you know, oh. Why'd you touch a classic? Like you said, I think that I definitely learned that during this. Mm. So probably not look, um, especially like, you know, something that's so broad, like triple J, it's not your song. It's not your music video. So it's being, you know, put out to so many people that don't know you and like, I don't care kind of pretty much. So um, I think I definitely did learn that it's probably good not to, not to read things. But I kind of, at the same time, I can't help myself. So I do find myself reading comments. Yeah, the beauty of the internet, hey? It's uh, it's a love-hate relationship, that's for sure. But no, we, we love the cover at the, at the office and, and team here. But I've heard that the Like A Version crew encourage bands to, to venture outside their comfort zone a bit. Did you have that? Did you find that yourself? And were you tossing up between a couple of tracks before you landed Oasis or were you like, yeah, let's just go straight for it? 
Um, we always wanted to do something that was, you know, out of our comfort zone. We wanted to do something that wasn't typical for, you know, a band to do. I mean, we were, we were tossing up like Harry Styles as well. Like just something that wasn't typical. Cause I just think that the best like versions are the ones that you don't expect. Mm, absolutely. No, that's right. What were you thinking Harry Styles wise? Was it a bit of a door you or? Yeah, definitely. I, I mm. thought I, I really wanted that. I mean, the rest of the guys were like, Oh, like, you know, no, let's do Oasis. And I was like, let's do a door you. And I didn't get that. <laughs> but um, no, I'm still happy. I mean, even for Oasis, there were so many songs that we could have done as well. Um, mm. You know, they have so many like good songs. So it was, it was tough to pick one, but Oasis was a pretty like, it's like, you know, safe, like, we're probably going to do this like from the beginning. No, I can, I can get that. Well, congratulations are in order because you've just announced the debut album and you've just launched the brand new single as well. Um, but I was just saying, I can imagine writing a debut album is a stressful time and COVID certainly has made that trickier than normal as well. But how did you find the process in trying to record, you know, the album and then, organize a, a release and I guess a campaign around it in such a, a crazy time well when we were recording the album it was like February March so corona was just kind of coming in and was just starting to hit we finished the album and two weeks later we went into lockdown so in those two weeks we had to like film music video for composure um, do all that, you know, promos and stuff. Otherwise we're like, we're probably not going to be able to release anything for who knows how long. So it was a bit of a race and I'm just, I'm happy that we did get it done and we're very lucky to have had the timeline that we did because if, if everything would have been maybe a month later, I don't think I'd be sitting here and talking about my album coming out. Yeah. I, it's a, yeah, it's a weird time. And does, um, I mean, we've we've spoken to Ocean Grove about the same thing, and and a couple of other artists. Is releasing an album and and not being able to play shows to support it sort of change the way you you look at a release and and sort of make you use a bit of um, I guess outside the box thinking of, of how you go about promoting things. I definitely, and I think that's why um, this has been you know it's been a interesting interesting process because no one really knows what's going to happen or what you know obviously like what how things are going to be taken because everyone's at home and you kind of need to keep in mind that people aren't maybe people aren't um like taking in music like they were when they were working or when they were busy and there's so much also on the internet now to kind of keep people busy that you're kind of fighting with so much going on online and not being able to play shows is like, how are you supposed to promote your album? We had so many things booked in. We we're supposed to go and do all these tours and we weren't able to do them to like promote our album. We don't know when we're going to be able to do those, those tours now. So um, I, yeah, I just think that it's kind of competing with a lot that's going on on the internet and trying to find a way to be engaging, but like not annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I understand completely. Um, I guess, and I want to touch on the together film clip a little bit here as well. It's got, it's almost like street fighter meets Rick and Morty in a, a sort of big explosion of PS1 nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, were you much of a gamer growing up? Um, growing up, I, 
not very much growing up. I mean, like we all had like a PlayStation and, you know, had like your games and, you know, you can like look back on like Crash and Spyro and stuff like that. Like we definitely mm. all went through that. Um, I, I kind of got into it like later on in life. I think when I was like in high school, I started like playing like, I don't know, PC games and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. but when we were actually recording the album, the whole idea of that music video came from us playing Mortal Kombat, like between like takes. So we had the lounge room in the studio set up with a projector and a place like an old PlayStation. And we just played Mortal Kombat when we weren't doing anything. That's not so that's fast. why that's the video. Yeah. That's an unreal setup. So who's, who's chops sort of uh reign supreme in the yours truly camp? Who do you think is the, uh, the best Mortal Kombat player? I wish it was me, but it's actually <laughs> Brad. <laughs> Brad's really good at it. I'd say maybe I'm second. It's not a bad, that's that's pretty good. I mean, it's a, Mortal Kombat's a tough game if you're not trying to just spam buttons. Exactly. You know, Brad. The thing is, Brad's so good at it that like, what he would do is when Teddy and Loki were um, tracking like guitars, me and him would be like in the room playing, and he would like teach me how to like be really good at it. And so that when like the other two boys came back in, he like make a bet with them about like playing against me. And so then I would like beat both of them and he'd be like, just like winning all these bets. <laughs> do, do things get pretty heated? Are you a, are you a competitive band? We can be definitely like <laughs> when Brad's in the room, definitely. <laughs> but we just do the thing of like, we can't help ourselves. Like if we're somewhere and someone like goes, oh, do you do this? Like, it's like, we're so like, we just try to embarrass the crap out of each other all the time. <laughs> It makes for the it makes for better banter that way. That's for sure. hundred percent. Now, I, we uh, we recently had Tim Price on the show. Um, for those that aren't aware, he's the head honcho at the Faction and Collision Course, and we spoke a little bit about female fronted pop bands and uh, pop punk bands, sorry, and and how they're going um, gangbusters, especially in Australia, with you know yourselves and Eat Your Heart Out, Stand Atlantic, to name a few, but. We, we spoke a bit about the frustration in critics' tendencies to, com- to immediately compare bands straight to the likes of Paramore and even Tonight Alive a bit. But from your perspective, how do you sort of find those sorts of comparisons? I mean, I find it very flattering because I think Paramore are a great band. Mm. And um, regardless of like, you know, Haley being a woman, I feel like they would always, you know, they, they will always be a band that people will be compared to because they just, they just covered so much and they broke so much ground that I feel like we will be talking about Paramore forever. Um, but, um, you know, I feel like as, as we are releasing more music and as we're doing more, we're getting the comparison less, especially with the new music, I feel. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, just as long as it's not like, you know, in a derogatory way of being like, oh, like, you know, you're like this female front. Well, what's wrong with a female fronted band? Like, you yeah. know, like, don't, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. Like, you know, I think it's great. And I'm very proud to be a woman in a band. And, you know, I, if, you know, if I'm just one extra band, extra band with a woman in it, that people can maybe stop getting just paramour comparisons. And I feel like, that's just kind of like the reason like why it's like that is 
because people don't like acknowledge that there's, you know, there's all these bands that are doing like really cool things. Mm. No, absolutely. I agree. And I guess following up from that, do you think that those sorts of critiques and, you know, keyboard warrior comments are limiting a scene that's continually trying to evolve and normalize female fronted bands? I feel like people are championing, championing it a lot more than they used to. Mm. Um, because I feel like people are just like, you know, are like are wanting to, and I think it's great. Um, no, like I just, like we were saying before, like, you know, trying also not to listen to people on the internet about what they have to say. Mm. Um, but, you know, I just think that, like, like I said before, if I can just be like an extra, an extra woman in the scene to inspire other people, then I just don't really care what anyone has to say about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to be. And I think, yeah, we, I mean, I think anyone in media who deals with media does have to grow a, a, a tolerance to stop themselves reading the, the, uh, the online comments, but no, I, I agree with the sentiment there. Absolutely. Um, well, moving on, the, the album drops on the 18th of September and by the time fans have had time to learn the words and, and get around the songs, you guys will be performing at Yours and Ours. It's a, it's a very nice return to live music, to say the least. Very but, nice. But for you guys, you must be pencilling that in and counting down the days. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I cannot wait. It will be like the first time we would have played for like, you know, we pretty much didn't get to play all this year. Um, and it will be like the first time we actually get to play all the new songs live and mm. to actually be in a festival setting that like I miss so much. I think it's going to be probably the biggest, I guess, hype and energy that we've seen at a festival in a long time. But, hey, I cannot wait that's for sure but before then and sort of looking for the rest of the year what does 2020 hold for yours truly in a sort of hopefully not too crazy uh end of year but going on into the album drop and more um well we're hoping to you know we're going to put out a few more singles before the album comes out so put the album out and then just try to navigate releasing an album in a pandemic so um, i'm hoping that before the end the year ends that you know restrictions will lift a little bit and we will be able to do something something to connect and something in person whether they're like small shows or something i'm i'm hoping but there's another thing where i think people are realizing that you can do live streams now and i i'm a little bit scared that that's just the way that music is going to be for a long time but you kind of just have to like evolve and like work with what you've been given. And I think we're just going to try to be as busy as possible wherever we can. Well, no, that sounds good. Beautiful. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for, for taking the time to have a chat with us. I really appreciate it. And um, on behalf of the AMP team and, and our listeners, um, I can happily say we're super excited to hear the album and to see you guys at yours and ours as soon as January comes around. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks so much.